hello. I am Arden Elizabeth Hirschberger. And I'm Ethan Hirschberger. And you are listening to the podcast, Barefoot and Pregnant. Just to clarify, I'm not pregnant. But in the case that I were, this would be the dude whose kid I was carrying. However, I really like going barefoot, and I can call my podcast anything I want to in the true nature of feminism, which is our topic of the day. Ethan and I will be reflecting upon some information that we have, or rather I, in the true spirit of feminism, have gathered and um, discussing the effects of the movement on society as a whole and relationships among men and women. It'll be a fun ride. And I will mansplain everything. (laughs) This is why I keep him around. So in her article, What Isn't a Name? On writing the history of feminism, Claire Goldberg Moses gives kind of a, a rundown on what feminism is and where it came from. And according to her, one of the earliest usages of the word was in France in the 1880s. Um, And basically it's the word woman with ism, which basically identifies a political position, which is kind of an interesting thing in my opinion. However, when people really started to like like latch on to it was around 1910 when it says some women began to call themselves feminists as women were trying to obtain voting rights. However, the following success of the suffrage campaign throughout the period from the 1920s to the early 1960s, those calling themselves feminists remained few in number. So as time went on, ironically, this word was floating out there, but it began to just like identify women's activities in general. It wasn't even, it wasn't as much associated with a a movement as all that. So it became less political and more about empowerment. No, no, not even that. That's what's funky because it's, it's not about empowerment at all. They started just slapping it on anything that had to do with women. So there were all these different like women's societies um but even like like a ladies ladies aid church society at church they would consider that a feminist group um so basically any group of women doing anything together they started calling feminists Hmm. which i don't know there's this little sneaky suspicious woman part of me isn't that like empowerment though how is that like empowerment well because it's like grouping together in order to help one another it's like an empowerment group it's like a I mean, I guess, except for the fact that I kind of get this feeling, and maybe this is wrong, but it got slapped on so many things that were so, so normal that it's like the power of what the word could have been or what the word originally started as got watered down. So that didn't mean what it originally, like, set out to mean. Hmm. Yeah. So I don't know. I think that's an interesting... Thing that happened um in her article she also talks about how um <laughs> women who have often organized most effectively when they've organized separately from men which i thought was kind of a interesting observation but that that doesn't always work out well because you say that again real quick? women have often organized most effectively when they've organized separately from men hmm. but i mean that's really not shocking because i remember weren't there studies done about like schools like 
not elementary schools, but like middle schools and definitely kids when they're separated from each other gender wise, they learn better. Well, I guess it makes sense as it, when it comes to distraction. I mean, well, I think distraction, distraction and distraction and also just familiarity. Like well, and communication too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that there's a as much as yeah, I think there's communication style things because there's definitely if we were to go off on that tangent, the tangent of gendered communication. Um there's definitely more feminine ways of communicating, not even language, but just like communication styles versus more masculine communication styles. Yeah. And sometimes there's clash when one gender communicates in the opposite gender's communication style and vice versa. Yeah. There's just these subtle differences that are not right or wrong, that one have one way of communicating and another doesn't. But it's just shown that there's clash when they don't communicate the same way. Yeah. And it's not that the opposite genders can't learn to communicate in that way. It's that they don't often try. Yeah, and that's... I mean, it's a lot easier to just stick with what you know than to try to find something new. And also, like... Like... Like, if you were to separate the workforce, it's like, women only work with women and men only work with men, you'd create a tribalistic society. No, we don't need that. We've got too many other problems. Well, we've got too much tribalism as it is. People, we have to learn how to commun communicate with one another. <laughs> it's, or else, you know. It's we not, fall apart. We'll fall apart. Man. <laughs> men and women, dang it, we need one another. Amen. Can't live with them, can't live one. without them. With or without you. There's your jingle for the intro. No, thank you. Anyway. <laughs> so Claire goes on to just talk about the word itself. That's what we could call the, this podcast. With or without you. With or without you. We could. Or you could, since it's yours. Since this is my podcast. I, I support all women. <laughs> thank you, darling. I believe all women... You believe everything all women say, or... Uh... I believe all women... Okay, stop it. Here we go. So basically her whole argument throughout the whole thing, talking about where it started and how it spread, is just that the word feminist itself has come to mean so many different things that her argument and her article is that we shouldn't actually call anybody a feminist that doesn't self-identify as a feminist. Um, she talks about, like after the 70s that feminism was so broadly accepted that it encompassed so many different views about womanhood and and their strategies for living that she gives a list of um different ways people like identified feminists and she's got she's got <laughs> she, they were they, they called themselves liberal feminists socialist feminist radical feminist cultural feminist spiritual feminist lesbian separatist feminists uh when was this article written well, it was published in 2012. Okay. You didn't let me finish my list. Sorry. How manly of you. <laughs> Sorry, I just had to... Well, I wasn't explaining anything. I was just asking. Yeah, question. that's very, very good. Um. <laughs> but let me tell you what real... No, no! <laughs> Stop. Did I say spiritual feminist, yes. lesbian separatist feminist, black feminists, multicultural feminists, Christian feminists, Jewish feminists, and more? Period. Mm, I've never heard of the Ann Moore group. Oh, well, you should get out more. Ah, ah, um, 
grasp what is at stake in naming a particular form of women's collective action feminism is that we get to the point where we're like, what's not feminism? So she says that it's just come to mean so many different things that really, if we label some activities feminist and not others, are we not constructing rather than identifying feminism? Which I thought was interesting. So, I, I, for, for my conclusion at the end of hers is that I, I don't think I even realized feminism was something that was honestly supposed to promote men and women. It, it was this whole equality thing. I knew they wanted equality for women, but I did not grasp that supposedly the movement now claims that what they really want is equality for everyone. Which makes sense to me. But what's ironic, back to her, her title of what's in a name, is that they've chosen to use a word that so encompasses women in order to identify this like push for equality. So, I don't know. I think at the very base, like very bottom level, I kind of think they went wrong there. I think that that's the beginning of where things begin to corrode. Assuming that they have corroded. Um, then moving on, as I was reading more, by Amy Drew Stanley. And it was all about women and the history of capitalism, specifically in America. And she just did some research to kind of, it was histories of capitalism and sex difference. She was doing some research to figure out, like, where where mentionings of, of, of sex and gender were included in the history of capitalism of this country and it was really interesting to me because she basically came up completely empty at the end it's one thing to like openly mistreat or demean your wife and the women in your life but it's another thing to like almost erase their existence entirely and ignore their contribution 100 percent. so like they didn't say anything bad about women they just completely ignored them in all of these like they just didn't say anything like nothing and I mean, she even went to like a very basic, like reproductive level, both slave and free woman. She said, like, if nobody stopped to consider, like, <laughs> just even the fact that they were contributing more human lives and bodies to help build this country, like, nobody, nobody said anything about that, which is kind of intriguing to me. You know, as Claire Goldberg Moses says, you shouldn't slap feminists on the name feminists on random people that don't identify as feminists. You can't just throw it at anybody. You can't, but I'm pretty sure that good old Lori here, I think she would identify as one. Anyway, she just talks about the fact that like men and boys are starting to realize that like, quote, a society less riddled with rape, sexual violence, and lazy gender stereotypes might actually be better for everyone, which is awesome, right? But uh, the problem is one of the most common charges against men in, who support feminism is that they're trying to be white knights or sweeping in to protect women. So apparently it's this thing now where men are being accused of only supporting women for sexual purposes, which 
hypothetically would make sense, I guess, because if all women hate you, you're not going to get any. But at the same time, I don't really think that all men saying that, or the men that are, all the men that are saying that women are actually, like, valuable in some way are all just trying to get laid, personally. So now I've taken this term, like, white knight, which, you know, mm. traditionally has been associated with, like, chivalry and kindness and goodness and masculine heroism. Not heroine, but heroism. No, no, not heroine. Is now something that's, like, derogatory. And we were trying to think back and just, like, try to figure out if there's even, like, any other lingo that really does support, not support men, but praise men and their heroism and kindness. And I can't think of any that isn't somehow connected to King Arthur and knighthood. Can you? Um, not really. <laughs> exactly. No, but historically or just even nowadays. Things that actually like that that applaud men for being good men. Most of that terminology is derived from like Arthurian legend. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. I think that's the source of a lot of like like Arthurian legend is is definitely a source of of uh, ideal masculinity. Um, I don't know. I think I think there could be a like especially with current feminism would be maybe not so happy with the way they portrayed women but no i i know i'm not saying that that you can't twist it and be like oh just go think women are dumb like i i don't even buy that being the authorian legend aficionado slash nerd that i am there are some pretty cunning remarkable women in in arthurian legend like, pretty remarkable. And what's funky is, yeah, once in a while they rescue a damsel. But most of the time, they're they're doing all these crazy other things that don't have anything to do with females. They're there, but it's not like they're just, you know, mm -hmm. being demeaning towards women at all or just saying that they're helpless. And most of the time, women are making their lives kind of miserable, which is a little funny. And not. I don't know. Maybe that's misogynist. <laughs> But, like, the villain of the whole story is, like, this cunning sorceress. Mm. Not sorcerer. Sorceress. Interesting. Side note. Isn't it odd how when you call a man a wizard, it's a compliment, but you call a woman a witch, you get in trouble. Dude, you were such a wizard at that math problem. Girl, you're a witch. I can't believe you did that. Stop being such a witch. Or a sorceress. No, even that's, like, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. I mean, you can call women wizards, can't you? I don't know that I've ever had someone be like, well, Arden, what a wizard you were, I thought. <laughs> Have you ever heard anybody say somebody, some guy's a wizard at something? Yeah, or like a whiz. A whiz? I don't know, I feel like that's pretty broad. No, it's exactly the same. Moving on! <laughs> That's anyway. what you should do anytime. <laughs> anytime second, I don't like it, so anytime, like, oh my God. anytime there's conflict. <laughs> so then this last article that I just found really interesting is called Feminism and the Politics of Appearance by Annie Winter. Um, and she basically goes through and talks about how modern feminism have this like strong emphasis on a woman's 
right to her body and making any choice that she wants to with her body. Um, and that no one should tell her what's what and how to do it. But then she goes on to talk about the fact that that has been, quote, widely misinterpreted to mean that any choice a woman makes about a sexual behavior and appearance is automatically feminist, leading to the acceptance and even glorification of profoundly women-hating behaviors and institutions such as pornography, prostitution, cosmetic surgery, dieting, weight loss, surgery, and various types of body modification, including transsexual surgery. I was just kind of hitting the gut by that and I thought it was really, really interesting because she says it's it's not just, she says that feminism is not just a political philosophy. It is a system of values within feminism. Some activities and choices are seen as contributing to liberation for women while others are both a result and a perpetuation of misogynist stereotypes about women. And the fact that women are now to the point where they don't see that anymore based on the fact that somehow, somewhere, this glorification of body but this skewed perception of the glorification, not the glorification, the celebration of the female body has basically just turned itself inside out and has just fueled exactly what women were trying to break away from in the beginning which was being broken down to just an object or just a means of continuing society and producing babies and just somebody that is subject to a man's whims and I think that that is just this was just fascinating and she talks about the fact that like society and not just this well society and media present women with these these opportunities for women power and um saying that you need to feel better about yourself and doing all these things for you for you for you but really what they're what they're doing is creating these sex objects but they're convincing themselves that they're just doing it for them for themselves and then they've just really completed the full circle and they're back to where they started and they don't realize it. Yeah. Because it seems like feminism started out with like like trying to instill value into yeah. like being, being a person. Being a woman and a person and, yes. and bringing something to the table. Mm -hmm. And then it became, I don't know, like a, like a, a way to control a way to control men. A way to control to men. To some extent. A way to control and manipulate men. And can, and even to, like, as a movement, control women. Hmm. It's like, there's, like, one thing of, like, making responsibility available to you. And then there's another stage of, like, that. A responsibility to carry a ideology. Hmm. And it's like. You don't want to be responsible for carrying an ideology because then you're a slave to the ideology and you can't be a, a person. You end up becoming a slave to the, the idea and not not being a valuable person. Yeah. yeah. She says that feminism values women as the subjects of their, our own lives, not as objects to attract and hold others' gazes, and that feminism does not value expanding the categories of women available for male sexual exploitation it values ending the sexual exploitation of all women. It, yeah, it's gone from like that. 
like making women valuable in into making women material. Exactly. And and it's being twisted in order like uh, 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 it's just infuriating. It's being it's being peddled to women. It's being sold to them as a way to make them feel better about themselves when really all it is is reducing them again to an image and and to a purpose and a function, not a not a person. Yeah. It's like how can I demean myself into a monetary it's value? It's not selling them like, here, expand your mind, read this, become this, learn a skill, like live your life more fully. No. Yeah. It's here. Put this lipstick on. Put this push-up bra on. Put this. I mean, it's it's thing of like, well, you want to feel good for you. This is. I hear this endlessly. It's like, oh, I just put makeup on for myself today. Like, yeah, right, you put makeup on for yourself. Or if you have put makeup on for yourself, it's because you're now – thinking of yourself through the lens of judging yourself according to celebrities and people in the media that are portraying this perfect female and you think less of yourself because of how they are saying that real beautiful womanhood is fake yeah and you're feeding into that too you're not standing up and you're not saying women are beautiful regardless you're saying i can only be beautiful if I follow in the footsteps of these people who are all plastic and paint. Yeah. You you get told what what being a powerful woman looks like and then you immediately <laughs> You get told. That's exactly it's right. Like you, yeah, you get told at like it's like Wear heels, they make you more powerful. Well, and, Dark eyeshadow, but, that's the way to go, yeah. and you're like, oh, okay. And then the second you wear it, oh my gosh, it's stupid. I just in general, I don't wear that much makeup, and I don't usually wear heels, mostly because I'd fall on my face, and I, it's just not not the biggest, you know, it's not the best, the best, best for me. But the days that I've had to dress up and wear all black, okay, wear a pair of heels and put a little bit of eyeliner on, the attention I get from people, the compliments, is just sickening. It's sickening because you realize like you you literally go i it, you see it and and i'm not even i don't i don't dress very promiscuously i just don't and if i just changing a little bit about my appearance can see it in a man's eyes not just a man's eyes but like in in people's eyes where i go from being a person to like an object it's kind of terrifying to me how that works for other women yeah. And yet that's what society is – not just society. That's what other women are telling me that that's what I need to do in order to, like, stand up and take my place. Yeah. But the thing is, is always that all throughout history, the crazy things that women have done have almost all been for the attention of men. Also, everything a man has ever done has only been for the attention of women. That's also very fair. <laughs> it is. But the only thing that's a little different is that women, like, wore corsets that were killing them for a long time and doctors were like begging them to stop because their internal organs were underdeveloped and they were crushing their ribs okay and they said no because that's what fashion called for and that's what man men came to expect and some men would work 16 hours a day flat out every day so that they could make enough money to get whatever woman they wanted literally killing themselves that's because it's what the other gender values it's like right. women so that, so that, women value success in a man. Okay, that's fair. And men value... And it hasn't really changed, which is interesting. Yeah. 
And I think that's... But I'm that's... just saying, so you had the corsets for women. You had the first bullet bra or like push-up bra set. The Wonder Bra, I'm sorry. The Wonder Bra was developed by a man who was like, you know what would be better? If women look like they had bitter, bigger boobs. So let's make that happen. You see what I'm saying? And then these different things that happened. Smart and women guy, just like made millions. <laughs> he, yeah, you know he did. <laughs> he was a director, I think, in a film. But like, I kid you not, like as time has gone on, then women are like, oh yeah, oh yeah, I want this. I want, and even, and I, I, in order to get men's attention. And so then there's this idea, break away, break away, you know? And so we have the, break away, break away. And then all of a sudden it's like, we're back to it again, but it's under a different guise. That's what's funky, is that all of these extreme modifications to the body and the face and the hair and all of that, they're all still there, but they're just being labeled differently when they are serving exactly the same purpose yeah so this this last quote from her just that i thought was really interesting is she says and we can't be honest in our feminism if we pretend that making choices to harm our bodies and conform to the dictates of a system that hates us is liberating and empowering and i was like whoa girl that's just so interesting to me i haven't heard I haven't heard a woman say this like this. And I actually thought this was just really well done. She just like, she, she just says it like it is, I guess. And I, I do, I see that. I feel like I've seen that. I've seen women subject themselves to things and call it girl power. And in reality, it's just objectification, but mm. they're calling it something else. And it's so what degrading. Is what does it mean to be feminine to you? Because I think that's the question we're trying to answer because it's like, I don't know, is, is like, like having sex with a bunch of guys feminine is, no, I would not say is so. slathering on the makeup and wearing lots of high See, heels. I don't think that's feminine either. It's like, what is, what is feminine to you? What is masculine to you? And this is a, those are really tough questions. Yeah, well, especially because society, I mean, society dictates that because, or, or I rather think that society has totally shaped how we think that because they've assigned things to genders that shouldn't be assigned, in my opinion. Like, like an artistic nature, it should not be something that is typically thought of as feminine. It should not. Well. Or, or even protective, protective. Is artistic and an artistic nature? To some extent, yeah. Uh, yeah, it is. I mean, so I if know. you're not a super macho man and you're a quote unquote beta male, which is another thing that my dear friend Lori Penny in her White Knight article, <coughs> White Knight article, said she said that um, beta male is also something that's being used really derogatory, derogatorily, which I get that one because beta male's never been a positive thing. But what's ironic, ironic world is the fact that in dogs, in pack psychology. Okay, which I may or may not know a thing, a thing or two about dog psychology and pack mannerisms. Um, I do, by the way. I was a dog trainer for a number of years, but that's relevant. The thing about it is that you have your alpha male, but you know what your alpha male does? Your alpha male or your alpha dog, your alpha dog sits and does nothing and gives cues to the beta male. And you know what the beta male goes out and does? Makes everybody do stuff. The beta male is the one that goes and actually is like the muscle of the situation. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if that's a one-to-one -one analogy. I'm just telling you. What do you mean you don't know if it's a one-to-one -one analogy? I don't believe it is. That makes no sense. Like? I'm telling you actual facts. The beta male is the one that actually does the hard work. 
That's what I'm telling you. Okay. That's not what society has turned it into, though. Okay. A beta male now but, is like, oh, you don't, you won't stand up for yourself. You just let the other guy like, like, like dictate everything and push you around and blah blah blah. No, that's that's the point. The point is, what do you have to say? I don't think, I don't think the dog, the dog, the beta, the beta dog, beta dog. Like, I think it kind of correlates to the beta alpha thing when you're talking about like human males in like the societal framework but i think like in like when you say a guy's a beta male it's like oh my gosh we're back to the white knight thing that's the point ethan it's the original intention of the meaning as a of the word as opposed to what society has made it into that's what i'm making the point of right now but is that what Laura Penny is trying to say? She's saying that beta male is being turned as, as is is as being used as a derogatory term towards men now. What I'm saying that's ironic about that fact oh. is that the beta males historically, dog wise, animal biology that's a wrong one. Dog, <laughs> but dog story. In dog terms, like in in pack dynamics. There we go. Pack dynamics, which is usually what you're referring to when you're talking about alphas and betas and things like that, right? Pack mannerisms. So what are the what are the dogs called that take instructions from the beta males? Everybody else. Alpha, beta, Charlie. Charlie no, Charlie's. Listen, all I'm saying is that the beta male is the one that enforces everything and makes everybody do stuff. So this idea of like that they're they're like just milk sops is just kind of stupid because they're the ones so with society the muscle. didn't get the didn't get the memo <sighs> again hmm. again well do you really think you get to end my podcast is that no. how this works <laughs> is this because you're a white protestant male you think that you have the let me right? explain to you how this is gonna go <laughs> Would you like to spread out your legs while you're explaining it? Yeah. Yeah? Because you need to take up space. Would you like to take a seat with your purse? Yes, I would. And I'll spread my legs. I'll also spread my legs. We don't have these problems because we're from rural Kansas and we don't have subways here. So we don't ever sit man, man spreading is kind of an oxymoron. And I can here. spread anywhere I want. You can. That just sounds so bad when a woman says it. Woman I'll spread spreading. my legs where I want to. <laughs> <laughs> that's so not It's okay. kind of slutty. It is. Yeah. Wow. That's very, double standards. That's double that, standards. Maybe women spreading is like hyper feminism. Like it's like I'm so empowering. I'm sleeping with so many men. <laughs> that's disgusting. <laughs> all right. So like to wrap it all up. No, we're wrapping it up already. Kinda. We're gonna we're gonna wrap it up pretty quick. Um, I just want to look at overall. Feminism has definitely fought for some really good things. <laughs> I guess. I mean, like, you know, I guess I can vote and buy a house without having to ask people. So I guess it's beneficial. No, no joke. Like, the movement has done some remarkable things and makes some remarkable claims. The random people that, like, I mean. Whoever they are, that we choose to believe what they say is feminism is feminism. Largely, it seems to be a very positive movement and a very positive 
goal that they're pursuing. What's not positive about it is when women take it upon themselves to put men down in order to make women more valuable. And that's something that I have seen consistently. And that's something I think honestly maybe goes back to the origins if we may if we may take it there the origins of even choosing the word feminism as the word to spearhead a movement that is supposedly about equality of men and women in society okay can that's you, what can i think. You, can you explain that that first part a little bit more about Which like part? the uh, men putting down women something i said women putting down men so we're to the point now oh, okay. where feminists t- seem to like take on this perspective of of demeaning men and emasculating them in order to point out their flaws and um it's almost like it's almost like becomes bullying exactly it does but as long as it's under the guise of male versus female and somehow there seems to be some sort of an oppression or the woman believes that she's being oppressed in some way then it's all okay now i guess that's where the argument shows like pops up well if she, is she or is she not being oppressed i don't know it'll it'll depend on the situation but i feel like i've seen various situations where um it's not as bad as all that. And women just jump at the opportunity to demean the man in order to point out the fact that basically, like, in order to gain footing in the world. And I think that that's going about it so wrong. Like, how are you supposed to gain respect if you automatically disrespect somebody else? Like, mm-hmm. you should treat people the way you expect to be treated. And if you don't do that, then why would you ever expect anybody to treat you with respect? So, an example given in the book called... Does feminism discriminate against men? Question mark. Actually, it's just as colon, a debate. They talk about um, the fact that now in society, there, um, there's all these, like, advertising isn't the right word. Uh, just They give the example just from Hallmark cards. That there's a whole line of Hallmark cards that is basically just dogging on men. But not dogging on them in like a, even just men are stupid. I mean, they do have lines that say things like, not all men are annoying. Some of them are just dead. Have you? <laughs> yeah, that's literally have one you, of them. There's this comedy bit of, it's like, it's uh, Brian Regan. And he's, he's talking about feminism. And he's like, I feel like feminism has just become like, men or women putting down men like i always see these commercials where it's just like there's like this lady who's like my husband is so stupid and he's like she makes me muffins and they're good too (laughs) (laughs) i don't know it's yeah look it up look it up folks no that's the point you're totally right is that there's this there's this like whole line about how stupid men are and, and there's a whole line of greeting cards that are all from men saying that they're stupid and apologizing to their What's wives. What's so interesting, what's so interesting though is like, you don't, like, it's very taboo to go the other way. No, that's, that's their point in this book because they're like, if I was to write a greeting card that said, not all women are annoying, some are dead. <laughs> no, 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 you say it actually, go ahead. Not all women are annoying. Some of them are just dead. That's right. <laughs> Honestly, that's not cool. That's so not cool. You can't. We can't release this. <laughs> I'll never get another job. <laughs> My point is that it's like, that's wrong. That's wrong. And we see that that's wrong. And then there's this whole like Thelma and Louise bit they've got where they're like, if you can still hear him complaining, it means you didn't like 
push the pillow down hard enough to like <laughs> suffocate him. I kid you not. And they're like, see you later, sister Thelma and Louise. I mean, it's just stupid. All about killing men. And like divorce, like divorcees. There's a whole line for divorcees. Just talking about how stupid and horrible men are. And if it was swapped the other way around, the world would flip out. Yeah. And I wonder, like, I wonder if, I wonder if, like, that whole thing kind of came about because of, like, just materialism. It's like, well, there's, like, this, like, in the 70s and 80s and 90s, there's, like, this huge explosion, like, the divorce rate, you know, skyrockets. Yeah. Which I think caused a lot of, like, pain and anger between men and women. And I think it's also kind of when a lot of materialism started to begin. And so I feel like, I don't know, it seems like it seems like when people are, like what it really comes down to is when we are focused on ourselves and our own problems and how our lives are terrible, that we're unable to see one another hmm. as, you know, just... That's interesting because, like, I don't... Just people... I haven't done research into this, but, like, you don't hear about a ton, at least I have not heard, which just could be wrong, but, like, about a ton of tension between men and women during the Depression. Well, yeah, and I think like that... Like, when life is terrible for everybody? Well, yeah, when life is terrible for everybody, you have to, you have to rely on one another. But when life is great, for what seems to be, like, one group of people over another. It's like, ugh, you know, it's just like, uh, everything's annoying, even though I have everything. Well, yeah, and then even this idea of, like, <laughs> just, I mean, in this in this fight for equality, we've created some issues in society, like, I don't know, the whole minimum wage thing. We were listening to that podcast about the other day. The fact that they have to establish a minimum wage because women have been accepted into the workforce, which means that there's double the workforce that there used to be, which means that there's less of a demand for work, which means that you have to pay people less in order to keep them on. Yeah. I mean, that's not, that's not a, like a good, it's not, it definitely is something that needs to be dealt with, but it is a problem that has been created based yeah. on the situation. Well, it's like, like, it's like no matter what you do, you kind of trade it, trade one thing for another. Yeah. It's like, it's like, I don't know. I've definitely heard like, like, like there's definitely a push right now for women to be in the workforce and it's like be a career woman kind of thing. But what's crazy is, you know, like 10 years ago or like 20 years ago or whatever, you'd always hear, you you would always hear uh, like people just being like, man, I wish like I could spend some more time with my kids. Like, yeah, that's true. you know, and like I just heard, I just heard this Simpsons bit today actually. And it was, <laughs> it's, uh, I think it was Ned Flanders or one of the guys. He gets caught in some machine or something, and he's like his like last dying words are, "I sure wish I would have spent more time in the office." <laughs> and it's it's obviously a joke because nobody says that. Right. Nobody wants. Nobody thinks the most important thing is their career. Right. It's their family. Right. Um, and so. You know, it's like how much. I don't the thing know. is, is that obviously, mothers uh, and women should not have been undervalued ever. That's like true. Women, but women should never is, be undervalued that, in the workforce. But at the same time, it's like they sh work being in the workforce is not the most. It's not necessarily thing. the most valuable thing either. Right. So I just think that there is a lot of 
kind of discrepancy between the sexes and their approach to one another. And I think society has skewed our perception of gender roles and has downplayed the value of where people can fall or do fall mm. and has honestly come to the point where they now discriminate against people for any choice that goes against what they think is right or wrong for yeah. women or men, which goes against what they were originally fighting for in the first place. Yeah, and I think I think a big thing is like they don't, like we've gotten to a point in society where we don't value one another's strengths. Yeah. And it's like the it's the it's the two, it's to it's the two parts that fit together that cause us to be even stronger. Mm-hmm. Which we would you know it's like you have to get over that communication barrier like we talked about yeah. earlier. Um. But it's you know if 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 men could value women and and value women as women value themselves because that's a big mm. thing. It's like it's like you want to be valued in the way that you see value. Yes. Because if you're valued in a way that you don't see value, it doesn't matter. It's not helpful. It's yeah. not helpful. Um, yeah. And what's, yeah, it just goes back to the fact that I think men and women were perfectly created in order to complement each other by God. Like, that was his intention for us to bring each other life and hope and love and and to enable each other to live full and beautiful lives. And instead of just figuring out how to fit together and celebrating the differences and celebrating the uniqueness and what each person can bring to the table. We've just like <laughs> compartmentalized different aspects of gender and then created these boxes that now people are frantically trying to crawl out of, but then wind up beating each other up in the process of getting out of their box and putting each other down. And then we're just in a big old mess. Yeah. Big old mess. Well, folks, I think that's about all there is for today. Um, thanks for listening, and hopefully you, uh, at least were entertained. Um, I'm Arden Elizabeth Hirschberger. And I'm Ethan. I'm the male, so I get the last word. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> and you've been listening to Barefoot and Pregnant. Bye bye